It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 28th of September. Dante Axum. What's his role going to be, and is he the one who changes the season? Quinn Snyder goes to work with a little magic, and Derek Favors joins us for the Culture Code interview. It's all coming up on a Friday edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Hope you're doing great. Look forward to seeing you tonight at the Open Gym event, 6 o'clock, three-point shooting contest uh, at Vivint Smart Home Arena. It's going to be great. And then we got our first preseason game on Saturday against Perth. So that should be great uh, to see the guys out there. Look forward to seeing you at the arena. Ron Boone and I will be on the call. Ron will be on the call for all... 82-plus playoff radio games this year. So uh, super excited to have Ron uh, with me every single game of the radio season this year um, and uh, appreciate him wanting to do that and and just kind of commit to to what we've built uh, and the uniqueness of what we've built uh, in our radio broadcast. So really, really, really appreciate that. Uh, Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai. Out in Linden, the guys were there yesterday, 4646 South State Street. I uh, got a cool email from two listeners this week telling me about how they uh, how they picked up Hyundais recently. I can't thank you enough for uh, the support of our sponsors. Also brought to you today uh, as well by Intercap Lending and by Vivid Seats. All right, let's get to the show. Uh, this is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, all available at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, as well as your smart speakers. Tell them to play the podcast, Locked on Jazz. If you're having the Google problem and you've gone around it to get to this, thank you very much for making the extra effort. If you go to my Twitter account, uh, you should see that I have it pinned right there. Uh, on how to get the show. Also, Howard Beck joined me on Locked in NBA. All right, that's a lot of stuff. Let's get right to it. So, Dante Exum, to me, when you watch the Jazz right now, there, there's a few players that I think swing the season. Now, obviously, if Donovan's not, you know, back to his expertise, um, then that's going to swing the season. But there's really no track record of anyone having the season that Donovan had last year and then not being fabulous. It's the you know Tyreek Evans would probably be the one, but there's nothing really comparable about those seasons in the sense that Tyreek Evans was on a bad team, just putting up numbers. Um, so there's and and frankly, when they scrimmaged yesterday afternoon, Donovan became the best player on the floor again. So um, there wouldn't be a lot of lot of concern about that. Uh, so Dante is the one who I think can dramatically change who the Jazz are. Now, Jay Crowder can be a lot better than he was a year ago. Um, Tabo, being healthy, can have an impact, though he mildly sprained his ankle and didn't uh, participate yesterday, which is no big deal. Uh, and, and frankly, Jay Crowder being not very good or Tabo being old could have a pretty huge negative impact on the team that then 
it's a hard for them to spread out the floor and play the way everybody else is in the league. So, you know, that could have the negative. But on the positive upside, the player who, you know, we changes who the Jazz are is Dante. Uh, what's interesting is that Dante talked yesterday with the media about the lo- a lineup of Dante, Ricky, and Donovan all playing together and that he likes it and he's playing off the ball and he could play the three. This comes back to something I've been talking an awful lot about on Locked on Jazz, which is that I view the one through three completely interchangeable, that um, that the fives are Gobert favors Udo Bradley, a lot of them. The, um, the fours are favors Crowder, Cephalos, and Niang, a lot of them, a lot of depth on this team. And then the rest of the guys, Rubio, Donovan, uh, Axum, Alec, Grayson, Joe, Royce O'Neal, seven guys, and then Neto probably being the eighth, are all somewhat interchangeable. That I think we could see lineups of Alec Burks, Royce O'Neal, and Joe Ingles, frankly. Um, I certainly think we will see Donovan Mitchell, Ricky Rubio, and Dante Exum on the floor together. Uh, both Rubio and Dante talked about it yesterday uh, with, the, with the media, and Dante was interesting about it. said he liked it. Um, if you think about Dante and the way he plays off the ball, um, he can really... You know, he has speed, and I asked him what he thought his advantages were, um, and he said he thinks it's his speed, that that's, that's his biggest strength. Well, if he's playing off the ball and he gets the ball with an advantage, it's over. And Dante's on top of the rim at that point. Dante is showing a better ability, according to Dante, of getting to the rim and then giving it off or making plays in that area rather than just every single time going to the rim. The other thing Dante did last year, is I believe Dante went to the free throw line about 14% of his possessions, limited time. But still, that's that's a big number. And if he can keep that number, um, free throw shooting, going to the line is becoming a more imp- – the two statistics that are becoming more important are offensive rebounds and going to the line because the league's doing both of them less. But Dante went to the line last year, actually, excuse me, it was 12.3 per- – 11.3% of the time. Uh if we just kind of play around for a minute here, that's a big number. 11.3% of the time going to the line for, for a guard. Now, even for a small forward, I guess, we have to kind of keep that in, in mind if we're holding this conversation, it is a really big number. And um, that's what Steph Curry does. That's what Kevin Durant does. Uh, James Harden's at 15. LeBron was at 108 Adedekumbo is at 15. Damian Lillard, who goes a ton, is at 12.7. So those are Jimmy Butler is at 15. I mean, anytime you're in the double figures area, you're into some special category. Jason Tatum was at 10.7. Eric Bledsoe at 10.4. Lou Williams is at 12. So if if that can be done by Dante, then some of the lack of three-point shooting – isn't his big issue. But frankly, his three-point shooting looks a million times better. He's worked so hard on it. He was interesting. He talked about playing in L.A. and how much he uh, 
played the three in L.A. while going up against uh, some of the guys there in the open gym and some of the elite small forwards. So, yeah, if he ends up guarding Durant, it's a problem. And I don't know if, I guess, Adetokounmpo, it's probably a problem. But after that, when you think of the other small forwards in the NBA, he, he's got, he can handle that. There's, there, first of all, there aren't that many that are that good. Jason Tatum might be a little difficult, but he can handle it, most of it. So defensively, it certainly wouldn't be a problem. Offensively, it creates an incredible speed lineup, another ball handler, multiple ball handlers um, to bring the ball up the floor. And it's an interesting aspect to who Dante could be. It's also interesting then, you know, how the Jazz play around with their minutes. I mean, guys, are that's going to be a really big minutes battle uh, all the way across there. So you have, when you have Dante, Alec, Royce, um, all battling for as many, you know, as much as they can minutes-wise. Uh, and, and frankly, then, if any of the starters aren't playing well, Donovan, uh, Ricky, or Joe Ingles, who are probably pretty stable in there, but, you know, if, if Dante suddenly becomes, you know, really emerges and is suddenly worthy of 24, 25 minutes a night, he's going to start playing the one, two, and three and playing most of those minutes from those guys. And that's that's going to be... Uh, a huge thing to watch this year. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai. They're located in Logan, Linden, and at 4646 South State Street. It is September to remember, with only a few days left at Murdoch Hyundai. You make no payments until 2019. The Murdochs have been in business in Utah for 93 years. They do everything they can as a dealership to make sure you get the best experience. And that's exemplified by the Murdoch guarantee. Car washes for life, safety inspection for life, the price match guarantee and the five-day return policy that uh, signature. And then the Hyundai brand, so great. And I, I love it. I got emails recently from, from two different people saying, hey, I want actually one of them got it up in Logan. Um. And uh, another one uh, talked about getting one up at 4646 South State Street. And so cool to uh, hear listeners back it up and then that they're having great experiences and that they love the cars. The sedan lineup of the Sonata is uh, just terrific. Uh, The SUV Santa Fe is what we've purchased. I guess I'm a listener who purchased a car as well. You got the Kona, the Zippy Little Kona. You got the Ionic Hybrid. Great lineup, super features, great dollar value each time you do it. It's at Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street. Today's show is also brought to you by Intercap Lending. Intercap Lending is just exploding right now in Utah, and it's so cool because they've been our sponsor for a while. It's because of your support for them. It's also because realtors are using them uh, and and understanding that they get deals done. And as a direct lender, that's what makes them different. I, I, I sat with uh, Brock and, and uh, the guys over there the other day and, and said, hey, so kind of, you know, let's what, what separates you? And the answer was, one, relationships, and two, we get deals done. And I noticed the relationships when I was working with Steve Carter. Steve Carter helped us through our loan at Intercap and was just so tentative, or so attentive and so on top of it. It was just fabulous. 385-885-28. 385-885-28. Steve will take you through the process. They're a direct lender, so they're not sending it off anyone. They can get difficult loans done. If you've got low credit, that's difficult. Obviously, if you're self-employed, that's difficult. If you have multiple houses, that's difficult. If you have business assets, that makes it difficult. So it's not both on 
on both ends of the spectrum, things can be difficult, but with no overlays, no additional requirements, intercap lending can get you through the process. So give Steve Carter a call, 385-800-8528. That's 385-800-8528. Today's show, uh, I want to talk about uh, kind of obtusely before we get to the Derek Favors Culture Code interview. And for those who have not been joining us all week uh, and wanted to hear about Dante, what we've done with the players is I sat down with all of them and discussed the book, The Culture Code, and talk to them about the culture that the Utah Jazz have built and what it is. Um, the uh, and sorry, I was taking a sip there for a second. My throat suddenly got dry. Made me nervous. First game Saturday, my throat's already dry. Uh, but the and the idea of what's made the Jazz culture unique. Derek Favors had some really interesting perspectives with six, seven years. Um, being on the team, that's coming up. So yesterday was one of my favorite days so far, the two-a-day. Um, they they had a good practice, good long three-hour practice, no, uh, yesterday, and then they, um, that was a joke, and then they went, came back in the evening, and I can't be specific on things, but every now and then there's the moment where you're like, oh, that's what Quinn's been working on all summer long, and that happened yesterday. That the a new and entirely they ran through their regular play sets and the stuff that they've been running and they tweak you know you can see little tweaks there's a play where the picks are now set a little differently and there's another play where they've moved some of the guys and 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 you know the use of analytics by the staff where they actually know points per possession on every single play they ran last year. And so they know it was effective and not, and have gone back to look at those points per play to see whether or not, you know, well, is that just because, you know, the three-point shot didn't fall or is there was something wrong with the space? I mean, so you're seeing this whole training camp. You're seeing Quinn's magic and some tweaks. But yesterday, for the first time, we saw a brand-new play. And I can't – I don't want to get into what it was or anything, but what's – What's so interesting, just trying to give you some insight into this, is the thought process that goes through it. And, you know, getting to watch him put this thing in yesterday and understand that, you know, there's an aspect of it on how you approach it if the other team is playing drop the big. And there's a aspect to it on how you play it if they're switching. And there's an aspect to how you play it if they're, you know, hedging hard. And just to see him have put together this masterpiece of a play and do it in a manner that has an option to everything and that even he's so brilliant that you have a play set and it starts in one way but could, if guarded a certain way, evolves into another action that they've run a million times and so then they're totally comfortable but this is just a new and different way to get into it and to force the defense into different manners. I mean, the the level of detail of his magic uh, is endless and uh, obviously, I you know, I can't sit here on this podcast and explain the play and then have somebody pick it up and have an edge on the jazz. So I'm, I'm not trying to be like, oh, I know and you don't. I'm just trying to, you know, I don't want to hurt the franchise. But I do want you to understand the level of detail that this coaching staff and, and their leader goes to. I mean, this is this gets into the whole idea of what Dennis and Quinn have built together. Um, I mean, they now even have a coaching development program inside the development program. So there's a new thing called DAV, Development um, 
shoot, what was it? Development something video. Um, and Oh, advanced scouting and video. And so these are the new uh, development advanced scouting video. There are three coaches on staff who are now part of the, D- the DAV program. And the DAV program is that these coaches are basically go through their own G League. And their their job is to help with player development. Not that they're so you know Jeff Watkinson per se is or Lamar Skeeter is working with their design player. Then this guy would be you know what if someone's rebounding, it allows the coach to get out and be right next to the player. And so they're rebounding and they're watching Lamar and and Watt and Alex and everybody else work with their player. They're also doing the advanced scouting uh, work of opponents helping. Probably the three of them are each assigned to a coach. And then uh, from there, they're also doing the video work, which either could be uh, editing up the edits that you're getting ready for an opponent, or if you're, you know, Joe Ingles is being stymied on a pick and roll on a certain play, then you might see uh, that. So, I mean, this is the level that these guys are going to with the whole, that Dennis and Quinn have built inside their whole program. And then, what watching Quinn put out a brand new play and have just so many different mechanisms, options, answers. You can just see him working. All right, well, here's the set. Here, here's the positioning. All right, what else do they do this? Okay, then we do this. What else do they do this? We do this. Oh, what do they do this? We don't have an answer, so we'll change. I mean, it's just amazing to watch him work in this manner and put these things together and see these plays and um, see yesterday was really a fabulous day um, at camp. Uh, The other one I would say just kind of quickly uh, to the whole, I, I, I listened to Gordon's interview on Barstool sports and, and then I, um, I'm not a Barstool sports guy. So it was disappointing that I had to listen to Gordon. It was disappointing. I had to listen to Barstool sports. Um, uh-huh. Uh, he, he was not talking about Quinn. Uh, I'm, I'm 100% on that. There's a lot of things I, I don't know about, but I, I'm 100% on that. So he was not talking about Quinn. But you know what was interesting, just kind of with that topic of conversation going on? These guys had a good, lengthy practice in the morning. They did an afternoon, an evening session that was not, you know, quite crazy long. Um, and then they're free to go and they don't go. Like that to the culture code interviews that we're doing, Tabo and I talk about it in ours about how really good cultures are addictive and you want to be around them. Like these guys could go last night; they were done. They didn't go. No one left. Coaches didn't leave. Staff didn't leave. Players didn't leave. I didn't leave. Like everyone just sits around and talks. Everyone wants to be together. It's just such a cool environment. Shows brought to you in part by Vivid Seats. I mean, it is going to be hard to get seats this year. It's going to be hard to be uh, a part of, actually, frankly, all of our local sports are on fire right now. So Vivid Seats is the new top source for tickets for all live events. You can sort by price. You can look for seats in a section or row of your choice. And to make things easier, Vivid Seats is giving an exclusive promo for you to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more, locked on is your promo code. Locked on. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use the promo code locked on for $20 off orders of $200 or more for new customers of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts 
to the hottest jazz games, to the local hottest theater across the country. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app. Enter Locked On for $20 off orders of 20 or more for new customers at Vivid Seats. Make that memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats do it to get you to that live event. So excited to have you uh, using our new sponsor, Vivid Seats. Quint, uh, Derek Favors, Culture Code, coming up. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. So, Derek, when the season ended... Everyone talked about that you guys felt like you were a family. Mm-hmm. What what does that mean to you, and what do you think everybody meant by a basketball team being a family? Just everybody being unselfish. Everybody um, just kind of having everybody's back, each other's back, doing the games, doing practice, whatever. Um, we hung out a couple of times on the road doing things, and um, we just got tighter as the towards the end of the year. Everybody just kind of got – Got a tight relationship with each other, and um, I mean, we just had a good, great chemistry, and um, like I say, everybody just unselfish. Why this group? Um, it's a lot of good guys, got a lot of different personalities, but it's kind of mesh at the same time. Um, they all unselfish. They all, um, we all just just tight knit with each other. You know, um, we hang out with each other a lot. We um. We do things with each other um, when we go on the road and hang out or whatever. And I mean, we just just a, 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 gr- a bunch of great teammates. I think Epe <clears throat> pointed this out in this interview that the dinner group's not always the same. Like who not, you go with on Tuesday night in Cleveland's yeah. not who you go out with Thursday night in Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's different. Certain, certain guys got things to do. You know, certain guys don't might not want to go out to dinner. But I think like in the playoffs. Everybody went out to dinner together. Um, certain cities, you know, if guys are available, they'll go out. But, um, yeah, sometimes it might not be the same group, but um, we all grown men. You know, certain guys got stuff to do sometimes. So Right. And some people like room service an awful lot. Yeah, I mean. You used to be like only room service. That's what that yeah, company was. Yeah. I mean, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. It depends on the city. And it depends on, like, the weather. It's a lot of things. And um depends on how I feel Um coming from another city, if I'm tired or not. I mean, sometimes if I'm just super tired, I'm like, no, I'm just going to get room service. But if there's an opportunity to go out, I go out if I'm feeling up to it. He's busted out. Yeah. He's no longer the little Atlanta kid. So what are the – you've been on groups – Mm-hmm. Whether it's a 
AAU, Georgia Tech, Utah Jazz, where the sum is not better than the parts. Mm-hmm. And this group seems to be one of those where when you add it all together, it's better than maybe everybody's an individual. What are the skills? What are the things that have to happen for that to take place? Uh, I think for one, the most important thing is just, like I said before, just everybody being unselfish um, and everybody kind of knowing their roles. I think um, that helps out a lot too because I know um, guys want certain certain guys want to take um, shots, take a certain number of shots. But um, you know, sometimes you gotta find a little stuff to do. Maybe um, maybe go in there and rebound, or maybe set a screen right, or maybe um, get back on defense, or just do the little things. And um, I think that that means more to the group because everybody sees it and um, they'll know what you bring to the table. So I think just being unselfish, knowing your role. And um, when you get your opportunity, you know, just go for it. Was there a moment in time when you felt this connection? When I felt it? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I felt it um, at the beginning of the year. But, you know, we had, like, we had some unlucky, unlucky things happen. Um, certain guys went down, and it kind of messed up the chemistry a little bit because we had a, a lot of new players, not a lot of new guys, and we had to try to find that chemistry. But once everybody got back healthy and um, – Got back um, on on the court. I mean, you saw what happened. We all just built that chemistry. It just kind of clicked, and we had a, a great run. There's the Spurs game where Rudy's getting ready to check in. You're rolling. He and Quinn talk. He goes and sits down. You finish the game. You pull off the comeback. Mm-hmm. How much how important is that to you? I mean, it, it was important. It, it, it was important. But um, I mean, I had do the, I had to do the same thing a couple of times too. You know, um, beginning of the year, I had to you know just. I had to play that role where I have to sit and let other guys play. So I think it was just one of those things where um, I was rolling, I had it going, and I mean everybody already knew that the position I was in. So like just just leave them in there. Well, so, that was important because you had done it. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, that's yeah, yeah. Because I, I had to do it, and um, I wasn't complaining about. It. I just had to it, what I had to do. You know, I just had to deal with. It. I just had to find ways to to. Um, not stress about it. So I think when that opportunity came, you know, just man, just leave them in there. So there's this book, Culture Code, that talks about groups that create these positive cultures. And one of the interesting research projects that they refer to is that you have a group of four or five people that are working on a task, and then the researcher implements a, or puts in another person who either brings good energy or bad energy, even right. though they're not actually doing any part of the project. And the bad energy guy means that the rest of the group gets less good and less right. involved and the good energy person actually creates more cohesion and they get better. Mm-hmm. Who do you, when you look at this team, who are the good and what, what are the guys that do that to this group? Certain guys that do it. Um, Ricky's one of those guys. Um, Joe Ingles, he's one of those guys. Um, I think it, it's a whole group, but I think those two guys stand out more a little bit because they just always, they always bring a certain type of energy to the group. Um, I mean, we got a, a a team full of guys like that. I don't think we have any negative energy guys on the team that just gonna come in and just bring everybody down. I think everybody kind of picks each other up. Um, it's always positive energy. There was uniqueness last year in the Donovan, whatever that was, that we experienced with his kind of rise. That it was a lot. That that all the veterans were like, "Go, go ahead. Like right. we're supporting you." What allowed that to happen? Um, I mean, he was just out there scoring the ball and doing good things, and we didn't have no choice but to, but to tell him to go, you know. Um, and 
he was doing a good job of it. I mean, if he was missing the shots, then it would have been like, all right, man, you got to do something else. But, you know, he was making making shots, making good plays, um, finding guys and just taking over. So we just let him go. When they talk about these cultures that work, mm-hmm. uh, I don't. some of them they talk about basketball, and one of them was about basketball. But one of the things they talk about is that people have to feel safe and part of safety is actually the willingness to be vulnerable, the willingness right. to say I need help or the willingness to say I don't understand. That's pretty contrary to how most young men are raised, how most young elite athletes are raised. How does that – is that seem foreign to you still where I say this and you're like, yeah, I, you know, that's not it? Or is there something where you begin to learn that it's okay to, to share or to ask or right. things of that nature? No, you have to be secure with yourself first um i mean if you're an insecure person then you're gonna you're gonna take that kind of stuff the wrong way but like me with me for instance i'm a secure person you know i I have a lot of confidence in myself so i don't mind you know asking um tony bradley you know for advice or something he might be good at that i'm not good at no he might be good at a a pivot move on the block that i'm I'm not good at so i might ask him like man how you do that like so i think you just got to be more secure with yourself and um and just know your role and just, you know, you don't know everything. You know, sometimes you got to ask for help sometimes. Maybe you don't want to look like that guy who think he knows everything. So you got to – sometimes you might have to ask for help. So um, I think it just comes down to just being secure and knowing who you are and knowing yourself as a person and just having the the strength to just be like, can you help me? In the book they talk that leaders have to show that vulnerability, whether it's the CEO of the company or the manager I don't know if that's a player in a basketball team that has to show that, or is it Quinn Snyder who has to say, I don't have all the answers, I want your point of view. What's your thought? Um, I think it just goes back to, you know, you don't know everything. You know, it might be some some person on your team or in your group that that knows more about this topic than you do. So you're going to ask him for his advice, his help, or can he show you or teach you that? So, um like I said, I think you just got to be secure with who you are and yourself. On a personal note, Antonio Lang, mm-hmm. how important is that one for you? Uh, we have a great relationship. I think it comes from you know, both of us being from the South, and I actually played against his high school when DeMarcus Cousins was there, and he's from Alabama, I'm from Atlanta. So I think it just we just both from the South, and we just had that connectivity with each other and that chemistry with each other, and he's been helping me out ever since. You know. Not only for basketball, but just life general. I can pick up the phone and just call him and just talk about life or whatever. I know sometimes y'all might see us on the sidelines doing pregame, doing practice, just talking. We just talk about life stuff. So um, it helps me out a lot. It helps me um, grow as a person, just learn new things because he's a, he's a smart guy. Like I joke with him all the time. I tell him, man, you're the only person who's from Alabama that can speak fluent Japanese. Like I've never seen them like that. So I um, learned a lot of stuff. He's a smart guy. I learned a lot of stuff from him, and um, you know, he just helps, helps me out a lot. All right, let's go to you personally for a second. Where do you see yourself as a player right now? Um, still got stuff to work on, but no, I, I see myself as a great player. You know, I can do a lot of lot of different things on the court. I know the way the the NBA is changing. It looks more attractive to have like a six five, six six guy at the four spot now, but. No, I think to my advantage, I can um, I can move my feet just as well as those guys and do things just as well as those guys. So, um, no, I'm in a great position right now. Where are you trying to get to as a player? Um, really, I just I want to win a championship. So I want to be a big part of a of a championship team, and um, if that means I have to 
sacrifice certain things and expand my game a little bit more, you know, I'm willing to do that. So uh, I think right now that's the most important thing to me. All right, so let's get to where's the team right now? Where do you look when you look at the team? Where do you think who do you think you are right now? And then, As a team, yeah. Then the next question is obviously uh, we got a lot of work to do. I know, um, I know, everybody's excited about us. Um, we've been getting a lot of press lately and and everything, but um, we still got a lot of work to do. We're not a finished product. Um, what happened last year? It was just us coming together and just really just playing hard as shit every game. <laughs> you know, just grinding it out and just fighting every game. So, um, no, we just we just gotta. Um, continue to do that and just add add on different things and just continue to not really buy into like all the the headlines and the pressure and the hype and all that stuff just not really buy into it because that can that can be a downfall you know you can buy into it so much that you start believing it and then next thing you know you know you overlooking games that you're supposed to win so um I think we just gotta remain humble know that um it's not gonna be an easy road. Um, look at it as if we're a team that's trying to get into the playoffs and um, and just go from there. See, look at you. We've done this enough times. You answered my last question without me even asking. What was the last question? What were the biggest obstacles to be able to get where you want to go? Yeah, I mean. There you got it. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of obstacles. Um, like I say, the the hype, the pressure. Um, obviously, you got um, players coming to the West now that's going to make it even tougher. Um, you know, you still got – Teams that are good and they're figuring 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 things out too. So, uh, you just got to stay humble with it and just continue to grow, continue to continue to get better, and not buy into the into the hype. Because man, I barely I barely even look at this stuff. Like I don't look at my phone. I don't. I was telling guys in the, in the in the locker room like, man, I don't I don't turn on my TV at all. I haven't watched TV in about two months. I just don't turn it on. Don't read like the magazines, newspapers, Twitter, Instagram. I don't read none of that stuff. Cause yeah. I just you stay off Twitter and Instagram, you'll be happier than anybody else. Oh I'm, man, I'm extremely happy. <laughs> I, like I didn't know it. Like I'm like man, I just told myself, I'm like man, I'm gonna take this whole summer. If I don't tweet anything, I'm not gonna look at Twitter at all. Like I'm not gonna look at Twitter. I'm just gonna stay off of this Instagram. Um, if I don't post anything, I'm not gonna look at it. And it's probably the most happiest I've been. In a long time, just not looking at this stuff. So, something to it. Yeah. Thanks, my man. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks to D Faves. I would tell you to thank him on Twitter, but evidently he's off all of that. Um, so, you don't need to. But it was great to have him do this. Uh, next week, we'll switch to Get to Know for the first three days Grayson Allen, Naslong, and George Niang, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then Ricky Rubio and Royce O'Neill will be our culture code interviews uh, following that. Hope you've enjoyed this week. Locked on NBA with Howard Beck is available for you as well. That was a really fun conversation. Have a great weekend. Uh, hope everyone gets their wins over those Washington schools they want. See ya. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.